Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to the Prog Talks. As you can see and hear, um, I'm not Uncle Prog Rune today. I'm Dario, and I'm uh, very thankful to uh, your main host, Uncle Prog Rune, and the producers, Van and Matt, uh, for inviting me uh, as a guest host. And I'm super excited to uh, present to you uh, Einar, the vocalist and keyboardist of Leprous, uh, on the other end, uh, walking with his phone. Uh, in the Norwegian woods, I guess. Hi, Einar. Uh, nice to hear you. <laughs> hey, and how are you? Nice to hear you. Uh, I'm sorry about the sound quality. It's just uh, your pods don't have the greatest uh, uh, noise cancellation from the outside. <laughs> we will manage somehow. Um, yeah, first and foremost, I wanted to to congratulate you uh, for uh, reaching the seventh album with Aphelion that's going to be out on August 27th on Inside Out Music. And it's a big one. And um, well, I remember seeing you in 2010 at Prog Power Europe um, with um, only your debut album, Tall Poppy Syndrome, uh, out. And uh, 12 years later, here we are. Um, how how do you feel about the new album? And uh, did you think back then you you would have made it this far, both in terms of success and in terms of uh, songwriting progression? Um, I mean, when when it comes to success, I find it very hard to measure myself because everyone has a different perspective on what success is. And to me, uh, success becomes more and more about musical achievements rather than than uh, other types of achievements when it comes to size of the band and everything it becomes gradually less and less important to me when i was younger i was of course much more obsessed with these type of things that oh like hope that we can one time play a big venue like that and everything but just like during my years i've just realized that it like no matter how much we grown or anything it doesn't make me liking it anymore or less it's just like the music is the main thing for me uh, and uh, and that's something that uh, took me some years to realize uh, probably so so uh, so yes of course it feels nice but uh, our, our, for us who has been kind of in this the whole time and uh, I guess it looks different when you see it from the outside but for us it's been such a gradual slow process all of this that so we never felt like any sudden success happening to us or anything uh, so um so yeah that's um that's kind of my my view on this yeah you you uh you mentioned the steady growth and uh i i just when i was looking at your discography now um i realized that you really steadily put out an album every two years um and uh this is uh, the th third album also in the same lineup um so as a record 
three consecutive uh, Lepers albums with the same lineup. That's the record. So I, I was asking, I, I was asking myself, and I would, I, I would like to ask you: Is is this kind of the secret ingredient why you kept improving so much over the last three albums? Like improving on an all already crazy high level, <laughs> or just well, better and better? Thank you. I think definitely, like when once you have to play a huge amount of shows together with with people uh, that I play together with Borturo, Robin and, and Simon. Now it's it's just like, and also quite many of them with Raphael. You you get to to know each other very well and and play together in a different way than you than you do because playing. Like performing is not only about playing the right notes, and it's not just about playing tight and correct, because that's just. But once you play in a band for such a long time, you kind of grow together somehow, and and you hear more a band than just uh, five separate musicians playing things correctly, uh, and and I think that's been. Uh, Uh, a very important part, of course, for us. Whether whether we improved or not, I, I guess it's uh, a, a big discussion amongst uh, amongst fans, anyway. But but for for ourselves, we at least went in a direction where we are very comfortable to be in, and that's kind of the main thing. Yeah, uh, three of the the songs that are on Aphelion are already out. Uh, the first of those was, of course, um, Castaway Angels that was released last year already. And initially, I thought that it was going to be another standalone single uh, uh, like uh, um, Golden Prayers. Uh, was that the plan initially or did you always plan to have it on the next album whenever it comes? When you released no, so, um, so this, Castaway Angels last year, I think I think it was around the recording of Castaway Angels that we did actually all we just wrote and and recorded that one last year last summer. So it's yeah. a relatively new song, much newer than several other songs on on Aphelion. Uh, so uh, we were just like we just planned to go in the studio, uh, record something. And like even together properly together in the studio and just release it relatively shortly after, and then we just see what happens. But I think it was around that time we started designing that okay, let's make an album out of this. Uh, but we already had several other uh, songs, so it was never a plan that it would be a standalone, but maybe that it would be a part of an EP, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but then, then so, in the end, you ended up with with uh, enough. Um, Uh, songs to make a full-length album out of it. Yeah, we we just wrote uh, one one by one actually. Uh, so um, that's uh, that's how it happened. Like some of the songs we had already, uh, like already back from the from the Pitfalls recordings. Two of the songs, uh, two other songs we had uh, um, just parts of it <laughs> that we <laughs> later on changed. A lot and uh, threw away most of the songs and made new sections out of it based on on the drums, etc. And then and then we recorded Castaway Angels uh, as a kind of a standalone thing. Uh, and then so so it was just like it was just very much 
a gradual process. And from there on, when we decided to, to make an album out of it, we just did song by song. We typically did one song, recorded it, uh, and uh, yeah, composed, recorded, and then next song, composed, recorded. So it was okay. very different from what we've done before, where we kind of finished all the compositions and then we went in the studio, which is more like the, uh, the typical way of doing it. So it was very much a song by song type of thing. And, and the reason why we also did it was that we, we wanted to leave some creativity for the actual studio because it's usually a quite inspiring place to be. So maybe the studio would trigger more creativity in us than what we got at home, for example. Yeah, and you, you even invited uh, the fans to be uh, virtually in the studio with you and also take some decisions. Well, we're we're going to talk about uh, that song in a bit. Um, first, I wanted to quote you uh, from the press text that um, you said this, you think this is your most varied album to date. I would agree with that, uh, excluding bilateral. Um, but you also said that... Ah, the yeah, yeah. But the, but the, that's more the most schizophrenic album. <laughs> okay. Um, um, but you also said it, that the the um, the approach to this album was relatively intuitive, and and um, I had the, the the pleasure to to listen to um, uh, Aphelion a couple of times already the last days, and um, I. I have to say the the arrangements. I, I think they're so um, so delicate and 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 broad and wonderful and so intricate um, that I that I find it hard to believe that they're intuitive. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Like, but just like uh, you cannot always hear how long a song took to make. Some songs were like if I say like. For example, on, on Pitfalls, uh, uh, just to compare two songs, uh, you have uh, Observe the Train and then you have uh, The Sky is Red. And I spent much more time making Observe the Train than I did uh, The Sky is Red, for example. So it's not for us to make proggy stuff with lots of details. It's kind of our comfort zone. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. and and that is like it's something we've been doing for so many years so it, you just have a lot of instant thing that comes to your your mind often when, when you've been working with it for so long so so some songs of course they, they took some time but in general like it's especially like the uh, if you listen to Nighttime Disguise, for example, everybody know that it was a quite intuitive song because they could witness it in the studio. <laughs> uh, that it was intuitive, and that's probably of the more complex songs of the album. Uh, and when you hear the end there, for example, uh, um, uh, the, with the, all the these brass arrangements and everything, uh, I remember like I was go I was at the cabin uh, with my family, and I remember. Pegar or Ishan actually, we, we share the cabin together with, and, and he, he was going out uh, with, on a cross-country trip. Uh, and I remember I said, "Yeah, okay, I will come soon. I just need to quickly write the uh, a breast arrangement first. <laughs> and and I I didn't know that it would. I I was just planning to write something and then work on it later. But then suddenly, just it came to me right away, and I finished that breast arrangement in. 
I don't know, 45 minutes or something. And, <laughs> wow. and sometimes when you get in a flow, you just go for it and use all your experience and everything. But another time you struggle a lot. So it's just like either you come, become in a flow or not. But I think we just base this album so much on, on, uh, just leaning on our experience, so to speak, together and trusting each other to, so whenever I went into the studio, I didn't need to hear Bard's drum parts first because I knew that he would nail it, for example. So it's just like a lot of these type of things that you you suddenly don't need to double check anymore that you needed before, you know. <laughs> I see. I have, I have two more questions regarding the songwriting, actually. Um, apart, apart for, uh, still apart from uh, Nighttime Disguise. Um, first, I would uh, say after listening to the whole album a couple of times, I have the feeling that um, in a very, very positive way, you kind of found your formula and perfected it. Um, and I had the feeling it's a little bit, you know, like um, distant bells or below, uh, like very, very subtle and, and, and mellow beginnings. And then there's a, like a big explosion. And, um, and, and I had the feeling on Aphelion, there's also a, a lot of the at the bottom kind of rhythmic, rhythmic in, intricacy when, you know, when, when the explosion happens. Um, I think, I think it also has to do with uh, the albums being uh, made very short time after one another. So you kind of, like all our changes as a band has kind of happened gradually and not in a very planned way, but it usually happened by you go on tours, you go here and there, and then you kind of grow, I wouldn't say tired, but you become ready for new challenges. and and you end up just uh, uh, searching for new things. And we didn't get that so much with pitfalls, for example. So that's why I could say that, like, of course, I would say there was a bigger step uh, for, from Malina to pitfalls than yeah. it is for, from pitfalls to, to, uh, to Aphelion. But it, it just has to do with also, like, that thing that for us uh, change has to come natural, you know. So I definitely don't think I will find it very interesting to play exactly the same type of music <laughs> as we do now in ten years, for example. I would think I would find that very boring because I'm, I'm an adventurous person by nature, and I, I just get tired of doing the same thing for too long. But it was more to explore within that same uh, uh, same thing, and and we didn't really like plan to do an album so then we kind of just continued a bit where we left off basically yeah uh, so I, I would absolutely agree it's 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 the logical next step uh, from pitfalls and uh, but there there's there is a, a lot of experimentation to be found um um in the arrangement as well and you, you already mentioned the brass section from the blouse mafian which is very cool mm -hmm. stuff and um um but there's also some uh you know robin licks and solos that were quite yeah, unexpected yeah, yeah. um so i was wondering uh when you were uh, writing uh the songs or yeah, some of the songs you started writing at home, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so um, when you write the, the the basics of the song at home, 
you already have in mind that you want to let Robin lose on that one or on that particular part, or or does it more happen in the when you arrange it together as a band? It's such dependent on each <laughs> song. Some songs, like uh, some songs, I've written like more or less ready at home by myself and. People kind of have their parts to play, but it's becoming less and more, less and less common now that we play together for such a long time. I tend to prefer to just, instead of making riffs, I let the guitar players do riffs out of, based on my overall composition. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a kind of a more free role than what it used to be. And uh, for example, on the, the shadow side, if that's the one you're referring to with the guitar solo, um, uh, it was, uh, that was started out as, uh, uh, as a, a completely different, uh, uh, song, uh, on the Pitfalls album. It was a song made of only drums, synth bass, strings, and, uh, vocals, uh, that we, that actually ends up now being a bonus track uh, on the, on the album, but uh, called uh, the prophecy, the prophecy to trust. Yeah, uh, and um, and uh, uh, that was the original song uh, that later ended up becoming the shadow side. Uh, so so we basically threw away the whole um, the whole song, uh, but we kept the drums because the drums sounded awesome on that song, and and it's actually the song that we used to set the sound for the drums on the Pitfalls album. So the sound on the drums are just like it's too good to throw away. <laughs> uh, and and the drums are is very kind of open and easy to make something out of. Uh, it's not so so set in a way. So yeah. uh, so so basically, we built a, a whole new song on there, and then we just like it was actually shorter than it's supposed to be, and then just like ah, maybe maybe it's uh, good to have a, a solo or something there. And I feel Robin is very good to find that balance in a solo where it's kind of nice and beautiful and catchy enough but not too cheesy <laughs> mm. uh, so i feel he has uh, adding always adding some kind of roughness to his uh, solos even though of course if he wanted to he would be completely able to play kind of more petrucci type of style or or like that type, that's type of guitarist he used to be back in the days so in this <laughs> other band uh, but uh, it's like his style these days it's like quite rough in his playing style and 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 uh, is making beautiful melodies so it's just like uh, mm. it's something that gradually happened that just like okay let's i think it would be cool with a guitar solo here actually <laughs> so whenever we add the guitar solo that we feel okay here there is a need for something extra we're missing something here and mm -hmm. uh and not like i feel the typical uh, prog thing would be that okay we didn't have a guitar solo yet where should we, should we put it you know so it's just like that's uh, uh, apologies in advance for that motorbike I'm not in the forest by the way uh, because uh, I tried that a few times and, and I it's too much up and down so I become too much uh, like, out of breath <laughs> okay um so uh finishing up with the record uh, with the with the writing process of course uh nighttime uh this guy stands out it was the fan um involved song um so uh 
yeah, did it turn out anything as you expected it it would turn out, or or did you just uh, did didn't have any expectations? I never have expectations in life in general anymore because uh, my expectations never <laughs> do anything for the outcome of a situation anyway. So so it's just like. Uh, I just try to go in without expectations to almost everything to do. No positive, no negative expectations. Just like it will be like it will be. And I, we will do our best to make it as good as we can. And, and of course, I was excited for, because it's a new and different project. And, and of course, very random because every single fan has so, so different preferences that even like they maybe share some preferences they don't share other preferences so in the end you will end up with just i think we could have just pressed shuffle on the questions and we would have had as much logic in the answers you know because there's so many different uh, different opinions uh in the end and that's kind of uh so but then we tried to okay we we looked at it this way as parameters to work with that's a big challenge because of course some people are saying that the fans helped us writing a song. I'm saying that the fans gave us a huge challenge writing a song <laughs> based on yeah. quite restricted parameters. Wow. Uh, yeah, sure. And that we still had to do it within our own taste, basically. That was the whole point. So, by, so you involve people in the process, but at the same time, you kind of manage to stay true to yourself and make results that you can actually stand for. And we thought that if we don't manage to make a result that we are proud of, we will just release it as a bonus track, oh, yeah. uh, as a fun <laughs> experiment. And aha, look how this ended up. But but, um, <laughs> but uh, we we ended up becoming really satisfied with the song and cool. really has its own vibe. It would have never existed and never been written if we didn't do it this way, you know. So so yeah. that just proves my point that. To always be searching for new and different ways to work, it's it's great. We would never do that project again because now it's done. Now it's been. Uh, now we've tried that, and there are other ways of, of experimenting and trying new things. You know, so it's just uh, always great to to go a bit outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, w w one quick question about the recording process. I'm I'm just curious. Um, what takes more time for you, uh, recording vocals or the recording the synths and keyboard parts? Oh, I would say vocals probably take ten times longer for okay. me, uh, because because mm, uh, on many parts there's many layers, etc. But also like you want to find that sweet spot between. It's sounding good, but uh, that it also sounds real in a way, and that's uh, that's a really hard. Like uh, you can, and especially when I work with David uh, in uh, in in, uh, in Sweden, yeah, we are usually like standing, like we can stand many, many, many hours extra for just uh, that extra percentage, you know, to get exactly that thing that we want. So, I, and I'm not at all actually a perfectionist, but I'm I'm a person who kind of needs to feel ah I feel it now or I don't feel it. If I yeah. if I nail it on the first attempt, which sometimes happens, then it's just like I don't see a need to do many more tries when I'm happy with how it is now. So it's just like sometimes it can go really really fast. Uh, 
but but other times things can take time and it's just especially if it's very layered yeah um uh, yeah i can't wait for the world to hear aphelion um you're gonna do a live stream um two days before the release um uh two live streams actually with that uh, for for different time zones um and um yeah it 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 was uh, amazing to see how you um yeah uh took advantage somehow of the weird situation with the pandemic and all with your innovative ways of doing different live streams and all you were one of the most active bands uh when it comes to that uh during the last one and a half years um but after the after the those two affiliate live streams, um, hopefully there's gonna be a tour. The dates are already announced. Um, I think it's gonna start uh, in on third of December in Nijmegen in the Netherlands, and it's gonna go until December sixteenth in Berlin, right? <laughs> yeah, we um, actually added one show in Oslo on uh, December first today. Yeah. Ah, so so start and 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 there's also two um festival dates you have upcoming right in finland uh, this friday is that going no, ahead no that, that finland show has been uh, uh ah, okay but, but so, then yeah. there's in october there's ready for Prague. is that still going ahead yeah for now for now uh for now uh, let's see let's see i uh, like we, if we if we can play, we'll play, and if not, I guess it comes postponed again too. But I at least believe in those two shows that we have in Norway. I believe they will happen. We have like one in Arndal in Norway, and we have one, uh, and that's kind of regular shows. And, and we have one at the Karmageddon uh, Arctic in late October. Awesome. Yeah. Um, finally, the, the it, it it's looking. Uh, Pretty optimistic uh, compared to um, a lot of other moments in the last one and a half years. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you live again. Um, I have to let you go now, unfortunately, because I believe you. The next uh, interviewer is waiting already. Uh, thank you so much for I have another one. Right now. <laughs> was my and pleasure. My pleasure, and hope to see you again on the road soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Einar, and take care, and uh, see you soon. Thank you so much. See you, man. Bye-bye. Follow Leprous on their social medias everywhere. You'll also find all the links in the description, as always. Listen to their music on all the digital streaming platforms or pre-order Aphelion from their official Oma shop. Thank you for listening to the Prog Talks. If you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe or give us a review on the podcast provider of your choice. Until next time, stay safe and keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Rune Belsvik-Reynos. Produced by Rune Belsvik-Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munemitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.